0: My friends, I want to invite you to remain standing, and I want to read to you from Paul's letter, his first letter to the church in Thessalonica there in the fifth chapter, starting in the 16th verse and concluding in the 18th. So let's listen now to God's word for us today. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. My friends, this is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks, thanks be to God. You may be seated. And let's pray. Loving God, we praise you for this day and we give thanks. We give thanks for your spirit, for your love, for your grace that has brought us here to this time and to this place. And so speak into our hearts and speak into our life. Help us to have an experience of you, an experience that reminds us of how loved we are, and also an experience that encourages us to grow and to become all that you have made us to be. Be with us now in your Holy Spirit. Open us and help us to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. The day before Thanksgiving, an elderly man in Phoenix called his son in New York and said, I hate to ruin your day, but I have to tell you that your mother and I are divorcing. Forty-five years of misery is enough. (laughs) <laughs> we are sick of each other, so you can call your sister in Chicago and tell her. Frantic, the son called his sister, who then exploded on the phone. They are not getting a divorce. Don't worry, I'll take care of them." She called Phoenix immediately and said to her dad, You are not getting a divorce. Don't you do a single thing until I get there. I'm calling my brother, and we will both be there tomorrow. Until then, don't you do a thing. Do you hear me? The man hung up the phone with his daughter. He turned to his wife, and he said, Honey, I got some good news. The kids are going to be here for Thanksgiving. (laughs)
1: And better yet,
0: they're buying their own plane tickets. (laughs) You know, my friends, Thanksgiving is a special time when family and friends come together to eat, to play, just to enjoy each other's company. You know, some people are fortunate enough to share Thanksgiving with family, and some are not. Some don't get along with family, and some have family who don't get along with them. But you know what? The one thing that we cannot neglect to do at Thanksgiving is just that, to be thankful. Only when we are thankful do we really see how truly blessed we are. I saw an article the other day about Arnold Schwarzenegger. And it was entitled, Arnold's Toys. Arnold's net worth is $800 million. And he loves his toys, and he has plenty of them. He smokes $4,000 cigars, wears shoes that cost as much as $5,000 a pair, wears $3,000 Italian suits, He has a $12.5 million Gulfstream jet. Arnold and his family cruise in style on a 4.5 million 88-foot yacht. Many of you may know this. He has a great fondness for Hummers, of which he owns nine, and they are estimated to be worth $1 million. You know, my friends, when we hear about people like Arnold, Sometimes we get a little envious. I mean, we could all use more money and more toys. But let's also face it. We are rich. That's what 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 through 19 remind us. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in their wealth, which is so uncertain. My friends, we are rich, rich of things in this world. And the other part of this is let's not get arrogant about it. There was a guest speaker who had just returned from his time spent on a mission trip in some faraway countries. He was troubled by the apathy of the American church members. On this particular night, he was scheduled to speak at a church in Atlanta, Georgia, and he was a little bit late. After the opening hymns had been sung, it was then that he had actually got to the church and he marched in to the platform. He'd been working all day out at his farm, and he hadn't even changed clothes. Ten hours of hard work on that farm, clumps of mud and manure clung to his his clothes into his boots as you can imagine the aroma filled that church and then people began to whisper his sermon that night was extremely short and he said you act shocked as though I am a costume clown but I want you to know you're the ones wearing the costumes 75 percent of the world is dressed for work. They're dressed like me. Half the world went to bed tonight hungry. You stuffed yourself, fed the dog, and many of you threw a good meal away today. Something is wrong with a country that lets grain rot in silos while human bodies wither in other nations. And what's more, you don't care. When I leave tonight, I will be remembered. As the misfit you will not think of yourselves as strange but you are and the strangest thing of all is that you don't even realize it just by being American I am one of the richest people on this planet and then he gave three points number one know who you are and know what you have number two Bless the world and give it away. And number three, as you give it away, you will be blessed. And with that, he walked out of the church. You know, my friends, we are far richer than we realize. And that's what First Thessalonians chapter 5 gives us some attitude actions of thanksgiving which should be a part of our lives not just a part of our lives as we come to this time of year of giving thanks but be a part of our lives each and every day one of the first things that chapter five there in first Thessalonians says is what be joyful verse verse 16 says be joyful always a thankful person is a joyful person and a joyful person is a thankful person there's a story about two old friends who bump into each other on the street one of them looks forlorn almost on the verge of tears and so he asks his friend what in the world has the world done to you the sad fellow said, Well, let me tell you, three weeks ago an uncle died and left me $40,000. His friend said, Wow, that's a lot of money. He goes, Well, two weeks ago a cousin I never knew died and left me $85,000. And his friend replied, Oh my, again, that's a lot of money. No, you don't understand, said the man. Last week my great aunt died. And I inherited a quarter of a million dollars. Now, at this point, his friend is really confused and says, all right, so you've inherited all this money. Why so glum?" And the sad man said, well, this week, nothing. (laughs) Now, my friends, we laugh at that, but you know what? There's a spiritual truth here. And the spiritual truth is we're always looking for the next blessing. We're always saying to God, you know what, God? It's really about what have you done for me lately? Because what we really need to be doing is we need to stop. And instead of asking for more blessing, we need to count the blessings we have. We need to see exactly where God has intersected our lives through all of our lives and then start giving thanks. Start giving praise. We're blessed. And we don't need to be expecting more all the time. We're not as joyful as we should be because we don't stop to really recognize what we have. What we always do is look at what we don't have. But God is always there, giving and loving. We have a God who loves us and has given us everything, everything that we need. I mean, God has given to us in abundance, and God has given us the amazing gift of life eternal. And so how should we respond? Be joyful. Be joyful. Now, we can only be filled with joy when we do this other thing. What's that? Give thanks. Joyfulness and giving thanks go hand in hand. Give thanks in all circumstances. Now, notice this. The Apostle Paul didn't say give thanks for all circumstances. No, he said in all circumstances. You know, all of life's circumstances are not good. But there will always be something from God to be thankful for in the circumstance that we find ourselves in. You remember that great story about Robinson Crusoe? Maybe you had to read it in high school or in college. Robinson Crusoe was shipwrecked on a lonely island. And he thought of both the good and the bad. He was on a deserted island but he was still alive he was cut off from all humanity but he was not starving he had no clothes no change of clothes but he was in a hot climate and didn't need any clothes he had no means to defend himself but there were no wild animals to defend himself from he had nothing to speak of, but the shipwreck was so near he could get all that he needed out of the ship for survival. Robinson Crusoe concluded that there is no condition in the world so miserable but that there was something positive to be thankful for. My friends, our thankfulness is an attitude. and It is an attitude that we continually have to. To cultivate. It does not just happen. It happens when we are mindful. It happens when we stay connected to God. It happens on a daily basis when we count our many blessings. There's a great American spiritual teacher who tells about a time when he was living in Brazil. One day he was walking down the street on his way to the university to teach a class and he felt a tug on his pant leg. Turning around he saw a little little boy of five or six years old with dark eyes and a dirty face. The little boy looked up at the American and in his best broken English said bread, sir. This great Christian teacher and speaker went on to say, there's always little beggar boys in the streets of Brazil. Usually I turn away from them because there's so many and you can't feed them all. But there was something so compelling about this little boy that I could not turn away. So taking his hand, I said, come with me. And I took him to a coffee shop. He then told the owner, I'll have a cup of coffee and give the boy a piece of pastry. Whatever he wants, I'll pay for. The coffee counter was at the other end of the store, and so he walked over to get his coffee, forgetting about the little boy because beggars usually got their bread and then ran off into the street. But there was something different about this one. He didn't run away. After he got his pastry He went over to the big American and just stood there. Stood there and stared. The author said this, I turned and I looked at him. Standing up, his eyes just about hit my belt buckle. And then slowly his eyes just turned up and met mine. The little boy holding the pastry in one hand looked at me and then said sir thank you so very very much and then he turned and he walked into the street that great teacher and author was so touched by the boy's thanks that he said later i would have bought him the entire store I had to sit down for 30 minutes and just think about what I would just experienced, to think about the little beggar boy who said to me from the depths of his heart, thank you. And I was overcome, I was overcome with my own feelings of ingratitude towards God who has given me everything and will buy me everything and I wondered to myself if God feels the same way towards us as I felt towards that little boy when he would just stop and say thank you a heartfelt sincere thank you an eight-year-old girl named christina had cancer of her nervous system when asked what she wanted for her birthday she thought about it long and she thought about it hard and she finally said you know i really don't know i have two sticker books and a baby doll that i love very much you know i really have everything My friends, I don't know that you realize it. You have everything. You have been blessed. Do you take time and do you give God a heartfelt, sincere thank you? Do you live in the joy that Jesus Christ has provided for you? and find ways to respond to that joy through the way that you live your life. Be joyful always. Give thanks to God in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now that's a blessing a biblical blessing that goes right to the heart of what it means to be a thankful people. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.